the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Six oh four Friday night, New York City. Woo! What a week! Wow. On Monday at this time, I was in Florida. I did a we put the briefs. We did Maxwell brief. We did we did court. We uh we did a lot of stuff. It was a great week. Um, busy. Wow. Thank God. You know, my friend Dr. George. He used to say like. Arthur, your life is exciting, and sometimes it may seem overwhelming, and it, you know you may be stressed out, but you're not wired for boredom. And boy, is he right. Sabellino, you with me today? I am, sir. Good evening, Mr. Idala. So, you know, a week ago today, I, I was here with you, and, um, you know, you and I, we crank it out all week long. And, and I'm not saying I'm busier than anyone else. I know Mr. Sabellino is very busy. I mean, this is, this like one hour he does with us is like a... a, a piece of sand on the beach for what my man does all day long <laughs> running actually, the station. I'm actually working all weekend. And he's working all weekend. But, you know, so you and I are like, go, 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 go. And then when I got to Florida last Saturday and I went to like the pool area and there's just all these people at like noon just like supine, like not moving, laying in a, in a, in a chair, you know, a lounge chair. And I'm like, like, that's just not where I'm at. You know, I, I am, maybe it's this time of year as well. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. You kind of get into it, ease into it, and you're like, okay, we're going to be really mellow now and just chill out. And, and I had a wonderful time going in the, in the ocean with Arthur, et cetera. But, you know, I do love the excitement. I love the thrill of the chase. Um, and I love this city. You know, I went out with my buddies from Poly Prep last night. Uh, by the way, just so you know, we're going to have a great guest on in a little while. Um, he's an author of a book that, that's literally in the cover of Barnes & Noble's. Um, it's in the window of Barnes & Noble's um, here on Fifth Avenue. But I went out with my, my buddies from Poly Prep last night, and it was great. And But, you know, some of them like, oh, the city is not what it was, and it's this, and crime, and this and that. And they were just like complaining a little bit. And then um, a little while ago when I uh, – Actually, I was eating something, which I think I'm allowed to do. I get this little alert from the Daily News headline. New York City murders, shootings, and subway subway crime dropped in February, continuing the downward trend, says the NYPD. Sam Bellino, can I get some applause, please? Thank you. Thank you. That is good news. 
No, it's great news. March 3rd, 2 o'clock p.m., 2.06 p.m., serious crime, including in the subway, dropped again in February, said the police commissioner Sewell, suggesting safer days are ahead. Quote, when you go around the city now, you see so many people out and about, so many people in restaurants, so many people walking the streets, Sewell said. It definitely feels different. I think the overall feeling in this city is, go- is, it, is, it is getting better. And here's the, here's the statistic. In February, there were 519 fewer of the seven felonies that compromised the crime rate compared to last February, good for a 6% drop. Specifically, murders dropped 28% citywide last month from 36 to 26, according to the stats. Rapes dropped 22%, burglaries 15%, and robberies 11%. Shootings also fell 15% from 75 to 64. So, listen, this is good news. I was with my buddy DA last night, who's, uh, you know, he's a really good friend of mine. We sat next together in, in, in um, seventh grade. And, you know, he was one of the guys, he lives in Forest Hills, Queens, but he was complaining a little bit about safety and, and, and the streets. So I was really, really thrilled. And they, they're all like, we know you're into Adams. We know Adams is your guy. And look. Again, I'll quote the mayor of the city of New York. Like, he's the pilot of the, of the plane. Like, he should be all of our guys. We should all be rooting for him. Um, unless something insane happens, you know, he's around for another three years. So we want him to do very well. We want this police commissioner to do very well. We want all of the commissioners and deputy mayors to do very well. But, um, yeah, I'm really happy about this. And I, I reached out to the mayor and I, and I sent him, I took a screenshot of the headline and they sent it to him. And I'm like, this is fantastic. Um, so as New Yorkers on a Friday night to end the week, we should all be very happy because as Joe Hines's uh, logo or motto was when he ran for attorney general in 1994, he was the Brooklyn DA, but he ran for New York state attorney general. And his logo was, if we don't fight crime, the other fights don't matter. Now, I, I, I don't wouldn't take that literally. I mean, if crime is up and the streets are filthy, you know, that does matter. I will tell you, though, there are so many rats. There really are. Like, I've been in this city for 55 years. Let's say I remember 45 years because before 10, everything's a little bit of a blur. Last night, I just walking in the streets of Manhattan in Midtown on the west side, you know, there's like, it's not like I saw like one, you see like one here, one there, and they're shooting back and forth. And it's, some of them have to do with those kiosks. Others have to do with just garbage being out on the street, but there are just a lot of rats. I will uh, give a shout out to my man, Joe G on uh, 56th street and eighth Avenue, Joe G, the Sicilian Agrigento Joe G. He threw down a great meal for my buddies uh, from Poly Prep. At a very reasonable price, and I thank him for that. It was a Sicilian feast. Uh, it was very cool. I'll be absolutely uh, honest with you, as I always try to do, by the way, even with the commercials that I read. Um, it was a pretty good ego trip that as I was right, right, off the, right after we got off the air last night, uh, the verdict came in on the Murdoch trial, the homicide down in uh, South Carolina. And um, Fox 5 called me and asked me if I could do a Zoom with them. And I'm like, I'm 10 blocks away from the studio. Why, you know, why do I have to do the Zoom? They're like, we'll send a truck right there. And look, let's be honest. Um, when I was in high school, 
I think I was pretty well liked, and you know, I I, I I hung in a whole different crew. I was with the cool athletes, but I was also kind of with the, the bookworm kind of guys. And then I had a crew, a little of female friends I hung out with. Um, but I was no like academic shining star. And to be with 10 of my buddies who know me literally since I'm 11, 12, a night we're honoring my buddy Joe Hassan when um, the news truck pulls up and of the 10 of us, like I get pulled out and they're all watching and they're like, they're, they're gushing with pride. Like we, we all love each other and we're all happy. Everyone there is very successful and we're all like excited about each other's success and to be on TV and watch them do the whole setup and miking me up and put on the light. It was very cool. Of course, what ran on the 10 o'clock news was about three seconds of me, but you know what? It doesn't matter. So I, I spoke about the Murdoch trial and um, before we take a break and get to the author, Bruce Jackson, um, I did watch the sentencing today. First of all, it's very odd for me anyway to have a sentencing and within hours, I'm sorry, to have a verdict and with hours to have a sentencing. You know, you don't even give the defendant or the defense attorney or the prosecutor for that matter an opportunity to submit anything. Papers, letters from family, whether it's the victim's family or the defendant's family. I've never seen a sentence uh, handed down so swiftly. Additionally, I've never seen a um, a sentencing where uh, the prosecutor spoke, made a speech to the judge. You know, at sentencing, the judge makes the decision, and then when he asked the defense if they wanted to speak, both defense attorneys said, "No, Your Honor." And that wasn't just me. Judge Cameron said he'd never heard of it. John Esposito said he's never heard of it. Uh, literally, without exaggerating, between the two of those men, it's almost a hundred years of experience. You throw me in, it's over a hundred years of experience. Defense attorney always says something, you know, Your Honor, I hope you can find some mercy in your heart, nothing. And then all the defendant said was, um, you know, I'm innocent, I didn't kill my wife, I didn't kill my son. The judge was out of central casting in the best sense of the word of what a judge should be uh, because he was dignified and in a way elegant, but also he showed a degree of compassion and empathy even though he gave him the maximum, the way he did it, the way he spoke, he said, I know who you are. I know who you were. You've appeared before me as a lawyer. You were a great lawyer. You were one of the most gregarious, friendly, outgoing people I know. And now for the killing of your own son, who I'm sure you loved, I sentence you to the rest of your life in prison. I mean, wow. Heavy stuff. Heavy, heavy stuff. We are going to come back. We're going to talk to Bruce Jackson, the author of Never Far From Home. He is the lawyer for Microsoft, and he really has a, a, a pulling yourself up from your bootstraps from the bottom to the top story that is so inspirational. We're going to talk to him for a little while. We're going to come back after that. We'll talk a little Padre Luz libation, and we're going to end the show tonight with the fantastic Rapid Pulse tune, Red Sweater Talk. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. 
Saturday is the culmination of the regular season and our celebration of the 20th anniversary of the 2003 National Championship. The Orange Bean Wake Forest for a 5 o'clock tip-off, Orange pregame 4.30. On AM 970, The Answer, New York's home for Syracuse University basketball. My doctor told me my cholesterol is borderline, so I took control with Garlic Healthy Cholesterol Formula. Garlic helps maintain healthy cholesterol safely and naturally. It's odor and taste-free, and Garlic is a world leader in garlic potency. I'm taking charge of my cholesterol with Garlic Healthy Cholesterol Formula, cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed. Remember when you were in your teens and you thought you were invincible? Well, the same rationale applies to adults, too. When we're feeling good, we think everything is okay, and we don't need a power of attorney, or we think we don't need a health care proxy. We think, ah, we'll worry about that when we're older or we become sick. Well, nothing can be further from the truth. The fact is, if something happens, you might not be able to designate a power of attorney or health care proxy. What happens then? Then the state or the courts may have to make those choices for you. Is that what you want? Of course not. It's essential to create a power of attorney and a health care proxy as soon as you can when you're healthy. Call Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. They really know this stuff. They've been doing it for 40 years. They will help you make a plan that protects you best. You'll designate who you want to make decisions for you. For a free in-person initial consultation with a lawyer, call 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Welcome back to the Arthur Idola Power Hour with the original rap song, the first rap song. Sam Bellino, you're, you're too young to really know this and appreciate this. I was in grammar school, PS 185, and then when this song came on, it really it changed it changed everything. It's a great song. Do you remember the first like rap tune you heard? Um, hmm, that's a good question. I don't actually. Yeah, well, as I said, this was the only tune that was being played on the radio, so that's why we we all knew about it. So I'm very excited, as I told you, about this uh, the, this next guest that I have, and and here's why I believe in God, coincidence, whatever you want to call it. I got a call from a very dear friend, a family friend, saying, you know what. There's this guy, he wrote a book, that he'd be great on your show, you should you should uh, give you his number, you should put him on the show, etc. It's like, sure, whatever, a, a recommendation coming from you, Anthony, it means the world, uh, no problem, it's a done deal. And shortly thereafter, uh, I wandered into, I guess it was Valentine's Day, and I wandered into Barnes & Noble's across the street to buy a card for Marianne. And there's the book that he was, of which he was speaking all, all in the window, not inside the store, but there's like six of them outside the store here on Fifth Avenue between 45th and 46th Street in Barnes & Noble. So I'm like, okay, my friend Anthony Carone is not exactly just sending me some guy who wrote a book. It's a guy who wrote a book that's in the cover of the Fifth Avenue flagship store of Barnes & Nobles. So without further ado, uh, Bruce Jackson is an associate general counsel. That means he's a lawyer for Microsoft, where he serves as the managing director for strategic partnerships out of the office of the president 
of Microsoft. He shares his inspirational story in this book of his rise from childhood poverty in pre-gentrified New York City to an absolutely stellar career at the top of the technology and music industries in this stirring, true story of grit and perseverance. Now, you folks who listen to this show all the time, take a guess where he was born. The Bronx? No. Manhattan? Uh-uh. The County of Queens? Nope. Yes, you guessed it. It was the County of Kings. Hailing from Crown Heights, Brooklyn, Bruce Jackson. Atta boy, Sambolino. He was born there, but then he did move to the Manhattan, uh, the Amsterdam housing projects, which, let's say, weren't like the coolest, safest place to be back in the day. And in fact, he had been arrested and falsely uh, accused of robbery by the age of 10. At the age of 15, Bruce Jackson witnessed a horrible thing. He witnessed the homicide of his close friend. Taken in by the criminal justice system, seduced by the drug trade, and burdened by a fractured and impoverished home life, Bruce stood on the edge of failure. But he was saved by an offer. That offer set him on a better path. And boy, oh boy, a much better path, may I say. Off of the streets and eventually on the way to Georgetown Law. For those of you who don't know, Georgetown Law is amongst the creme de la creme. The best of the best. But it wasn't handed to him. He worked real hard to get there. From a public housing project to working for Microsoft's president and its co-founder, Bill Gates, to advising some of the biggest stars in music, his book, Never Far From Home, reveals the ups and downs of an incredible journey and the valuable lessons learned along the way. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Arthur Idala Power Hour, Bruce Jackson. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Arthur. Listen, thanks for having me on your show. It's greatly appreciated. You know, I really had no choice. You know, when the Caron brothers ask you to do something, you're like, you got to do it. So, but, but I don't know if you heard, but if you were able to hear what I said when I was on hold, but it's true. Uh, uh, Frank had called me, and then Anthony followed up. And literally at that day, and I, I think it was Valentine's Day, I'm like, sure, well, you know, if you guys say he's, he's going to be a great guest, I'm down. And I walked to Barnes and Nobles, and they got like six copies of your book. It's like a whole display. <laughs> On the flagship store, I'm like, okay, this is a pretty significant guy. So I am uh, very, very, very pleased to have you on. So, I mean, look, I I love your story. I mean, it's an amazing story, and I'm so glad you you wrote about it. And here's the question. You know, you're, you're a really busy guy, and, I mean, you're really working at the top of our craft as being a lawyer. How in God's name... Well, first, tell me what the inspiration was to write the book. And then I need to know, like, how you found the time to write this book. Uh, yeah, the, the inspiration, uh, to be clear, I was entertainment attorney for years. Entertainment clients of mine approached me about the idea of writing the book. Their philosophy was, Bruce, you grew up in our community in the city. And most of the people in our community want to be an actor or an athlete. And that's what we are, but we need to show them a different path. And you took a different path and you became an executive for a fortune 500 company. So you have to write a book so you can give people hope and inspiration uh, because the system in many ways has failed us. Right. So when I actually wrote the book, ultimately it's not just for urban people because the urban people, yes, we do have obstacles and barriers, but it's rural America as well. It's women, it's people in the LGBTQ 
LGBTQ plus community who have obstacles. There's also, um, you're talking about just immigrants have obstacles as well that they need to overcome. So it's really about trying to create a level playing field for people, try to remove some obstacles and barriers so people can reach their potential. I think we have great people in all the groups that I just mentioned, and they just need some assistance, right? They need the resources so they can reach their potentials. One of the things, Audie, I tell people all the time, people are not born smarter than anyone else. Is about access to resources. If you take someone out of, for example, one of the wealthy community of New York and put them in Brownsville Project, they'll struggle. And if you take someone out of Brownsville Project and put them into a wealthy community, they'll do well. So it's all about giving people access to resources and the okay, environment. I want to, I Bruce, I want to focus on that in one second because you seem to defy what you just said. But before we go there, I want to talk about what a good guy you are. My understanding from doing the research on this is that any uh, proceeds you make from this book, you're giving back to the community. Is that accurate? All the proceeds are going back to the community because it's a community story, right? The community should benefit from it. So, well, that first of all, that's cool in the gang. So thank you very much. And I'm, I'm all about giving back. I mean, this radio show in a weird way is like me giving back to the community because I think people being informed and hearing from people like you is a, is a community service. But what you just said, you know, you said you take a kid from Brownsville and you put him in a, you know, a, a community with resources and they're going to succeed. But okay. You weren't in Brownsville, but you were not exactly uh, in park slope either in the Amsterdam houses. So to what do you credit your success from being in some place where there were not a lot of resources and you go to Georgetown Law? And to be clear, Bruce, if I applied to Georgetown Law, I would have been indicted for fraud. So I appreciate the fact that you got into to Georgetown and graduated. My wife went to Georgetown undergrad. I appreciate that you went to that, that storied institution. So what, what was the secret to your success? I think that, listen, growing up in the inner city, you walk a fine line, all right? You have one foot in and one foot out. And so what I had was a lot of mentors along the way and people to help me out. And I constantly remind people, the people who help you out doesn't always look like you, right? It's just good people out there that kind of steered me in the right direction. When I was going left, they said, no, Bruce, don't go left. You need to continue to go straight. But I think ultimately what really got me straight, because one of the things I did, Audie, uh, author while I actually grew up in Amsterdam Housings. One of the things I did, I decided to work in a co-op program, which is a high school program where you work one week and go to school one week. I think that was a fantastic decision to keep me from going to jail, but academically it was a poor decision. So I wasn't prepared for college, to be quite well, honest. Let's with you. back up one second. Where did you go to high school? I went to high school in Martin Luther King Jr. High School, right on 64th Street in Amsterdam. Okay, and, and so um, it, wasn't, it wasn't a very good school then, and it's not a good school today. Let me ask you another question. I know because I, I spoke about it in the introduction. Something really rough happened to you when you were really young. I mean, you were ten years old. Uh, you comfortable telling the uh, the listeners what happened then? Oh, oh sure. I, I think the what happened was when we moved from Brooklyn, where I was raised, at the age of nine to Manhattan. My mother taught us immediately how to train, how to basically travel from Manhattan to Brooklyn because that's where all my family and friends were. And so I must have made this trip by myself like 12 times. And on this 13th time, I was making a trip from Manhattan to Brooklyn, and I got off the train. 
uh, to take a local train. And at that point, it was a Caucasian cop and a Caucasian man pointing at me saying he did it. And the cops started to proceed to walk in my direction. And what do you do if you're a 10 year old kid? And at that time, you run. And I ran. And running for me was really jumping on the track, stepping over the third rail and getting on the ledge and running from one station underground to the other. And by the time I got to the other station, of course, what happened? The cops are there to arrest me. And I didn't know why I was arrested. And they took me to the precinct and then they started the process to interrogate me. I was all alone. And, and you're like, a, are you like a little 10 year old or are you some sort of like, you know, a, six foot a, two, 10 year old? I was a little, maybe a five, two skinny 10 year old. And they handcuffed me to one of those old fashioned wooden chairs and proceeded to start asking me questions and said, just admit that you commit a crime. I said, what crime? And they finally told me that you robbed someone. We have witnesses. Just say you did it and you'll get to go home. And for some reason, this black, skinny, short kid continued to state that he did not commit the crime. And after about three hours, that's when my mother and my uncle came to pick me up and took me home. And my mother called back two weeks later and they said they found the person. So there was no apology. But the, the crime in that is that sort of activity still happens today, one. And two, had I said I committed the crime, I wouldn't be here before you today. And I think the reality is when people see people run, the first thing we do is state that they're guilty. And I guess I want to send a message. When kids run at that age, they're not always guilty. And when they even confess to a crime, they didn't always commit the crime. They just yeah, well, to I, I, being involved in the criminal justice system for 30 years, I understand. Bruce, I got to take a quick break. I'm hoping you can stay on with us and uh, and we'll jump right back on. Is that cool? Certainly I can. Okay. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Bruce Jackson on the author Idola Power Hour. I'm super excited about the conversation I just had with Alex Kinsella over at Route 22 Toyota. He was catching me up on the landscape of the automotive industry, and I got to tell you, he really seems to have it figured out. Alex and his entire team over at Route 22 Toyota in Hillside, New Jersey, makes the entire car shopping experience easy. He let me know that while inventory levels are far from perfect, they finally got a nice selection of new cars over at Route 22 Toyota, including RAV4 and Highlanders. Plus, they're holding in inventory for local New Jersey residents versus selling them to people calling from out of state. Call Route 22 Toyota at 973-705-8905 and let the team show you one of the area's largest selections of new Toyota vehicles. And be sure to check out their huge selection of pre-owned and Toyota certified used vehicles while you're there. That's 973-705-8905. And remember to tell them that Joe Piscopo sent you. So let me ask you, would you like a career in the legal field making great money without having to go to law school and incurring all that debt? One that allows you the flexibility to choose where you work, for whom, and how frequently. Well, there's this high-powered and lucrative career that you really need to know about. It's called court reporting. Court reporters and captioners are in higher demand than ever before. Court systems, schools, and television stations are all looking for these professionals to record and caption everything from depositions to court cases to live events. The NCRA has partnered up with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives you a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z and is being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. Sign up today by emailing 
Info at plazacollege.edu. That's info, I-N-F-O, at plazacollege.edu. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna & Kamins, the preeminent New York litigation law firm. The tires screech, the impact is felt. Boom. You've just been in a car accident. It's a scary situation that none of us want to experience. But if you have been injured in a car accident, then you may be entitled to significant monetary compensation for your injuries. It's important you speak to an attorney right away to make sure your rights are protected. Myself and our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you deserve. We are always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. So if you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call Idala Bertuna and Hammond at 212-486-0011. That's 212-486-0011. Or visit us on the web at idalalaw.com. Idalalaw.com. Idala Bertuna and Cammons. Fighting for justice. Fighting for you. Hi, it's Arthur Idala, and I am in love with my shiny, bald, smooth head. Hemp Leaf products are made with all natural ingredients and essential oils to bring you comfort and relief and keep you looking young. Hemp Leaf is the next big thing in skin and body care. The whipped body butters and creams leave my skin feeling soft, smooth, hydrated, giving my aging skin the nourishment it needs to stay young and healthy. Their liquid black soap glides on, leaving my skin soft, crisp, and clean. They also have this amazing muscle rub called Icy Pot. The guys at Hemp Leaf also gave me samples of a remarkable neuropathy cream called Helixer that I gave to Marianne, and she uses it on her heels. She said it's been nothing short of a miracle. Within minutes, it soothes her aching feet. Remember, they don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in it. Visit them at HempLeaf.com. That's Hemp, H-E-M-P-L-I-E-F.com. Mention the name Arthur at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Well, we are not in Brooklyn tonight. We are in Manhattan, but I'm from Brooklyn, and my guest, Bruce Jackson, that's where uh, God made him enter this beautiful world in Brooklyn, New York, and boy, is he a success he is a success story. His book, Never Far From Home, is everywhere you look at you're going to see it. You walk down Fifth Avenue, walk past Barnes & Nobles, there's six, seven, eight copies of them in the window, and Bruce Jackson is with us now. So, Bruce, you go from dodging a bullet at 10 years old on the subway being accused of robbery to going to a not-so-good high school to uh, you wound up going to Hofstra University, correct? Absolutely. That's where I went. And did you live at Hofstra? I lived on campus, and it was totally a different experience than living in a project. I thought I was living in a heaven. Okay. Um, so uh, I, I, I've been to Hofstra. I know plenty of people. Actually, Hofstra is a huge radio school. They have a tremendous, tremendously successful radio program. Uh, one of the hosts here, the great uh, Joe Sibelia, is a graduate of uh, Hofstra. And how do you get from Hofstra to Georgetown Law? I mean, I'm not – Reagan on Hofstra, but Georgetown Law is, you know, a huge, hugely difficult, uh, competitive school and very difficult to get in. Yeah, I think what it was was I just dedicated myself. I just focused exclusively, had no social life or very little social life. 
because you have to remember, I had to make up for the lack of education I had throughout high school. So I had to work hard, harder than everyone else, right? Just to really catch up. And once I caught up, I just started to exceed and pass everyone else. I was an accounting major at Hofstra. So I did extremely well, ultimately. I got offers from almost all the big eight accounting firms. There were big eights at that time, the big fours now. And at that point, I was interested in actually pursuing a career in accounting until the recruiter that I walked into who was working for Arthur Anderson at the time told me not to accept the offer at Arthur Anderson and that I should go to law school. So, again, it's about having influence, people who intervene in your your life at the right time. That really makes a difference. So she, at that point, suggested that I not take the offer from Arthur Anderson and pursue my dream of becoming a lawyer. Okay, but you didn't just become a lawyer. You became a lawyer from Georgetown, and then you got what we call like a master's degree after uh, you you got your degree in law from Georgetown. Is that correct? That's absolutely right. After Georgetown, just the JD program, I went back. I worked for a tax law firm for a few years, and then I went back to Georgetown, and I got my what's known as my master's of law and taxation from Georgetown as well. Wow. I mean, that is some... (laughs) <laughs> that is some educational uh, resume. And then where'd you wind up going after uh, Georgetown? After Georgetown, I continued to work for a tax law firm. But then after about two years, I moved back from D.C. where I was working to New York. And I taught graduate tax as well as I interned, I would like to say, for an entertainment law firm. And after about two years, I opened up my own entertainment law firm. Let me tell you folks something. To do tax law, you have to have a very special brain. And, and Bruce, I'm not saying this because you're on the line, but trust me, I, you know, I, I often have uh, tax issues and I have to rely on tax attorneys, attorneys that have LLMs like you do. And, uh, you know, it's really a foreign language. So, Bruce, if you're talking right now, because uh, I know you do a lot of entrepreneurial, uh, I'm sorry, a lot of um, philanthropic work, and I know you're, you're big about giving back to the community. So hypothetically, right now, if listening to our, our show right now, are a bunch of kids, you know, you brought up Brownsville. You know, I was a, a, an assistant district attorney in Brooklyn. I know Brownsville, East New York, they could be some, some rough places, those corners of Bed-Stuy that haven't been uh, kind of upgraded and yuppified yet. If you were talking to a hundred of those kids who haven't caught the breaks, what, what would your what would your words of wisdom to them be? My first thing I would say is that I am them and they are me. Right? I grew up from their community. I'm their uncle, their cousin, their brother. So that's how they should look at me. Because I, when I look at them, I look at the younger me, and they should look at the older themselves as me. That's one. And I would say you have to just believe in yourself. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people who would not believe in you, do not believe in you, but you have to. And the reality is you have no choice but to work hard, despite the situations that you dealt with, right? You have no choice because what's the other choice? Failure. Failure should not be an option. And if you can't do it for yourself, do it for your kids. Do it for the next generation. But so if really one of these kids – I'm sorry, Bruce, but if one of these kids, Bruce Jackson, who wrote Never Far From Home – if one of these kids raised his hands and said, Mr. Jackson, what was the lowest part? What was the part of your life between being born in Brooklyn and basically being the lawyer to Bill Gates, uh, which is, you know, as, as being a lawyer, I mean, it doesn't get bigger than that, really, unless you're sitting on the Supreme Court of the United States. You know, what was the what part? Did, when did you think you weren't going to make it or when did it seem the darkest for you? And then what turned think- it around? 
I think it would, what's the, it was always dark. Growing up in the inner city in the project, it's dark, right? I mean, we were on public assistance my entire life, so we had no money. And then what you see is friends who are doing illegal activity, and you're tempted to do, to do it, right? And it's sometimes you may have stepped your foot into it, um, but you just didn't leave it in long enough. So there's always been a struggle and a journey throughout. And it wasn't really until after I went to Hofstra, to be quite honest with you, and after two weeks at Hofstra, I realized that I wasn't prepared academically, and I wanted to quit. And at that point, I called my mother and said, I'm coming home. This is just too difficult for me. And she said, you're in pain, so come home. But then I have to make a second call, and that was to my aunt. And my aunt said, you're not coming home. Your grandmother picked cotton. Your mother picked cotton. She said, so did I. She said, the reality is no one in our family ever graduated, not generations. No one in my family ever graduated. So she said, you're doing it for them. And at that point, she hung up. And I realized that if it was for me, if I was doing all this for me, to be quite honest with you, Arthur, I probably would have stopped several times on that journey. But I realized it was bigger than me. And it was for the past generations and the future generations, right, to show people that there's a way out despite the situation that we're in. And so that's what motivated me at that point to continue with the journey when I wanted to quit um, because I wasn't prepared and I had to work extremely, extremely hard. When others were socializing and having fun, I just used that time to catch up and to, and to pass them, to be quite honest with you. That was my philosophy. Just You have to just work hard enough and you'll catch people because the average person doesn't want to work more than the maximum time required. If it's a nine-to-five job, I learned early on, people will leave at five. And if you stay to six, you'll catch them. And that's been my philosophy. Well, that's what I was just going to ask you now. We're talking to Bruce Jackson, Never Far From Home. That's the book that he wrote. First of all, before I run out of time, we got about two and a half minutes. Where does the, uh, the title come from, Never Far From Home? It is interesting. The title comes from because Microsoft Office is located on 41st and 8th. Amsterdam Housing is located on 61st in Amsterdam. So it's about a mile away, physically. It's a mile well, away. You know, and my office is, Bruce, my office is less than a mile away, so you can take me for lunch, you know, whenever you're ready. I mean, you're the big shot. I'm a, I'm a little, like, country lawyer over here compared to you. So, you know, I get hungry every day around 1 o'clock. So if you want to stroll down to 45th and 5th, you know, I'm I'm ready to go. Well, why don't I just go pick you up, and then we'll go near Amsterdam Housing, which is across from Lincoln Center, and have lunch over there. How's that? All right, well, they got the Smith over there somewhere. Maybe that's on Columbus. But one last, one last question. This is a little personal, Bruce. Like, just give us a little insight into the day of uh, the life of, of the lawyer for Microsoft. Like, you know, what time you wake up, what time you go to bed, and what do you do in between? And, and you got to do that in 60 seconds. <laughs> I, I typically I wake up early. I, I wake up probably at five, six o'clock. I'm up. I'm in bed by nine thirty. Uh, my job entails really. I had a big team of twenty four managing people to help customers migrate to the cloud, and that's basically from a digital transformation standpoint, help companies digitally transform their environment. So that's what I do. In addition to that, now I'm working with other Fortune five hundred companies on strategic partnerships around social issues. Right? We may. If I'm working with the bank, they may have financial literacy. We have digital literacy. Let's package that together and create a robust program and go to the underserved community and help people reach their potential. Well, 
I, Bruce, you really you you are inspirational, and I'm not saying that just because you're on the airwaves right now. Your book is fantastic. Uh, it's not hard to find. Uh, you know, I'm a big proponent of actually going to a bookstore and buying Bruce Jackson's Never Far From Home. But obviously, considering I'm speaking to a an internet guy, I guess you could go online and, and find it there as well. It's been a privilege, Bruce, and uh, you are a role model to everyone but especially some, maybe to some young people who haven't caught all the breaks in life to show that even when you don't catch the breaks, you can take matters into your own hands and, and really go to the whole, the, the, the t- tippy top of the ladder. So thank you so much, Bruce. And um, we will be looking for you to keep doing great things for the city of New York. Thank you. Greatly appreciate it, Arthur. We'll see you soon. Bruce Jackson, never far from home. Go and buy it. We'll be back right after these messages. My son, Finn, was born with congenital heart disease. He ended up spending about the first eight months of his life in the hospital. During that time, he endured 10 surgeries, including an open-heart surgery. Starlight Children's Foundation has played an important role in my family's life. For five weeks when he was a baby, Finn lived in a Starlight Hero wagon. You could not understand the pure joy of having him go from a hospital bed into his favorite red wagon. Starlight doesn't just give items that hospitalized kids can use to keep themselves happy, but also memories, moments, and experiences which are so needed in times like these. They allow sick kids to just be kids for a little while. The support that Starlight provides to families like mine is an integral part to creating happiness at a time when there's very little to be found. Learn more about how Starlight Children's Foundation brightens the lives of sick kids by visiting starlight.org today. This is Mike Gallagher. Join me on an amazing journey through Israel this October. Dennis Prager and I are going back to the Holy Land for the Stand with Israel Tour, along with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. Imagine a personal impact from exploring Jerusalem, Galilee, the Dead Sea region, and so much more. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com, StandWithIsraelTour.com, or call 855-565-5519. StandWithIsraelTour.com. Perillo Tours is starting their 78th year in business with vacations to Italy and now Hawaii, Spain, and Greece, too. I want you to join Joe Piscopo, our very own Joe, on a special Perillo tour to Italy. Steve Perillo and Joe have put together a very special Rome and Sicily customized tour. Three nights in Rome, plenty of time to see the most important sites, and a private, fun-filled dinner performance by Joe Piscopo. Next, you fly to Sicily for three nights in Taromina with special day trips along the coast, including Savoca, Forza de Argo, for sites of actual filming events from the iconic movie The Godfather. A wonderful wine tasting at Mount Etna, and then on to Palermo for three additional nights before flying home the tour dates are october 18th to 28th call perillo tours at 1-800-431-1515 1-800-431-1515 or visit perillotours.com kevin mccullough is next on am 970 the answer you and i in a little toy shop buy a bag of balloons with the money we've got set them free one by one they were gone Back at base, box in the software Flash the message, something's out there Floating in the summer sky Ninety-nine red balloons go by 
Friday night, New York City, 99 Red Balloons. Before we, I want to just comment on Bruce Jackson one more time. Sam Bellino, my co-host here on the Idola Power <laughs> Hour on a Friday night, March the 3rd. Why are we banging out the Red Balloons? So today in 1984, Nana, who the artist, started a three-week run at number one on the UK singles chart with this song, 99 Red Balloons. Originally sung in German, 99 Luft Balloons was re-recorded in English as 99 Red Balloons. The song was a number two hit in the U.S. and the only U.K. hit for Nana, making her a one-hit wonder. Ah, but this was a great song. In Listen to it, man. Go. Friday night. Fun, baby. Bounce with it. Bounce with it. Woo! This song brings back great memories for me. This is my beginning of senior year of high school, and then the leads into the, the last semester of high school, which was just a magical, magical, magical time. Um, I just want to comment about Bruce Jackson. Um, he sent me a text afterwards. Uh, after our interviews, he goes, I should have mentioned that Microsoft donated $5 million to the Universal Hip Hop Museum, the largest corporate donation wow. the museum received. Uh, yeah, I mean, God bless him for getting that done. And uh, that was, you know, that's a pretty cool story that, that he tells. And I, I, I am looking forward to uh, making his acquaintance. That's one of the cool parts of this show. The other thing is, uh, you know, I took Luca Wednesday night to um, – the Mermaid Oyster House, which somewhere on Tumbleweed, not Tumbleweed Tuesday, on uh, on Times Square Tuesday with Tom Harris, the Mermaid Oyster Bar came up, and uh, I want to give them a shout out for uh, uh, the food was delis- delicious. You should go there and get what's called the Lobster Knuckles, the Lobster Knuckles, and we're going to do Padre Lou's Libation, and then we are going to, um, we're going to play Red Sweater Talk. If you're in the car, you'll be bouncing up and down if you're at home. Don't get so caught up by dancing around the uh, the kitchen that you burn the well. Don't don't eat chicken today. Eat the eat the fish, a little shrimp or something like that. All right. Okay. Here comes Padre Lou's libation. Friday, March the third. It's March, and in Italian we say Marzo e Parzo, which is true. Which means March is crazy. It can be warm one day and snowing the next. So true. But March makes Padre Lou think of all the times in his younger days when he marched up Fifth Avenue bedecked in his Army ROTC uniform with Fordham University. The last time it was snowing during the iconic New York City fabulous St. Patrick's Day Parade. Since it's early March and still somewhat chilly, let's start this weekend with a classic warming Irish coffee. Oh, that's a cool one. Preheat a heat-proof glass by filling it with hot water. When the glass is warm, discard the water and replace it with one and a half ounces of your preferred Irish whiskey, like Jameson. Or perhaps try Manhattan's first whiskey distillery since Prohibition, Great Jones Distilling Company in NoHo. Add one ounce of simple syrup in your fridge or just a little sugar. And if you, like if you like Padre Lou, have an espresso machine Pour in some espresso. If not, you could use regular old American coffee, which is what I would suggest for an Irish coffee. If you're going to go with the Italian thing, you, know, you could do with that. You could do it that way. Now, stir up the coffee and the Irish whiskey. And then to top off your drink, if you have some heavy cream, shake it up so that it's lightly whipped. Or you could just put on some regular old whipped cream and top it off with a little, gar- with a little garnish of some, some cinnamon. And sip, savor, and swallow Padre Lou's libation 
and hope you are feeling that warm Irish glow. Try to guess what kind of snake St. Patrick drove out of Ireland. Does anyone know? If so, let us know. All right, San Bellino, I hope you had a great week. You got a great Thank weekend you. coming up or what? Yeah, Something cool? I mean, there's a lot of work. Are you here. working? I'm working this weekend. Oh, That's why you I need to recharge a little bit and go on vacation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Well, um, we are planning a uh, one more gig for Rapid Pulse. I don't exactly know the date yet, but it's going to be sometime in June, I believe, mid to late June. Um, and um, I'm going to, Sam Bellino's going to play a song now called Red Sweater Talk, which is written 30 some odd years ago. But the real cool part of this song is uh, I brought Imran, who you guys know, Imran Ansari, he's on this station all the time. Uh, I brought him in to play saxophone, and you're going to hear his sax blowing loud and clear. So um, I think without further ado, Sam Bellino, you tell me when we're ready to listen to Sam Bellino, to listen to Rapid Pulse, cranking out some red sweater talk. Give me some hand claps. Right. 
opportunity you can't do when you get the phone. Come on, Lolo. I want my red sweater. Give me my red sweater Friday night. I want my red sweater. Have a great, great weekend, everyone. Be healthy, be happy, love the everyone you're around, and we'll be back Monday with another great show. Have a great one. Thank you, Imran on saxophone. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.